and welcome back to the Conscious Contact Podcast. My name is Janae, and I'm one half of the conversation today. I'm Susan, the writer and speaker behind SustainableSue.com, an online community where we create a life that doesn't need to be escaped. And today on the Conscious Contact Podcast, we are talking about conscious contact at work. Mm. Yeah, right? Ooh, deep. (laughs) Is this even possible? (laughs) Yeah. And I was starting to think about this when we talked last week about what is conscious contact and what does it feel like when you're not in conscious contact? Yeah. Because my day job is in corporate America and there are times where I just feel all those feelings that we talked about. Yeah. Um, and then you were talking about the flip side of that being when you're asking folks to come guest on the podcast, how just like the, the vibe aligns and it's going well. And so I just think that's a really interesting idea of entrepreneurship, corporate America. It's got to align and unalign in both scenarios. I mean, this is not a big... Um, corporations are evil. That's not the topic of the podcast. No, yeah, they're necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought maybe we could start. How, Janae, do you, how have you picked guests so far mm. to know they might have something to offer in the realm of conscious contact? Yeah, that's a really good question. A lot of it is just selfish indulgence. <laughs> <laughs> But I do have an idea in mind. It's people that I know I've enjoyed our conversations before, and it's people that I know, hey, I want to talk about this specific thing more, or, oh, I really enjoyed that when I talked to them last, and how can I, you know, make that bigger, go deeper, all of those wonderful, beautiful things. And it's, it truly is like I'll have maybe a general topic to talk about. It's not normally anything specific. It's it's a lot of just I know the conversation's going to lend itself with that person to be very deep. So mm-hmm. I just pick like a broad topic that either they know a lot about. Like one of the previous guests was a book writer now. So I wanted to talk about how does that even work? What is the process of writing a book? How did you feel <laughs> doing that? Like how what is the Uh, push and pull Mm -hmm. on that. And, you know, I've had people on in recovery. I've had people on who have political views you wouldn't expect. I, you know, it's, I look at the nuance of that person Mm. and try to like pull that out as much as possible, because I think that's where the, the energy lies. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of And I haven't been in corporate America for about five years now, but I feel like that's when I felt the most connected in a regular job also is when I quit looking at them just as like through this lens of just a coworker or a boss or a Mm. whatever. And Mm -hmm. I try to find, because I mean, you're not going to be super close with most of your coworkers, Mm -hmm. but to find their nuance and really like kind of dive in on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of the topic, a little bit of the person. Yeah. And sometimes a combination of the topic you're covering with that person Mm -hmm. that kind of gives that vibe. And it's interesting what you're talking about, the nuance, because we were talking last time about deep down inside every man, woman, and child is that 
seed of like that authenticity. We all have it, whether we engage with it or not. Yeah. Or can even access it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I think it's interesting to hear how sometimes you find those connections in places you don't think you will and maybe workplace is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. What are the differences as you shifted from corporate America to entrepreneurship? Lord, I don't know if we have enough time (laughs) for all of that. I think that the biggest one for me was really realizing that I am 100% solely responsible for everything at that point Mm. because I transitioned from working in like office front staff management, which is just a lot of paperwork and dotting I's, crossing Mm. T's, that type of stuff, which is great for me being anal retentive. (laughs) Um, Not so great for the people that worked under me, which is a blessing that I I transferred out of that. Mm. Uh, But (laughs) it, it was something where, you know, I realized I had no one else to blame things on anymore. Mm. Something didn't get done. It was me. Yeah. Uh, And it wasn't a process issue. It wasn't an efficiency issue. I mean, maybe it was, but it was mostly just me and my procrastination or laziness. One of the two. So it was really getting to know myself a lot, the -hmm. good and the bad, like really uncovering a lot of things that I didn't realize were stuff I needed to work on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which again is such a blessing in disguise. But yeah. And do you think that is part of finding that like really asking yourself, okay, what is happening here? Like, are you really being lazy or Mm -hmm. do you not want to start because you can't do it perfectly? Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of really having to look at each scenario And was it because I was holding on to old ideas about this certain thing? Is it because I didn't have an efficient way to do this thing? So I just assumed it was going to take forever when Mm -hmm. really, if I timed it out, it took 10 minutes. If that, you know, it was uncovering again, the nuance of every single process that was going on and how to make it enjoyable, even the Mm. unenjoyable things. Like how do I find that moment of lightness? How do I make this something that is not taking away from my life? How can I make it add to my life? Sort of like the dishes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That might be the the dishes moment comes back in every episode. It's fine. The moment where we have to meditate on those GD dishes. It's the stuff of life. I mean, truly when you're, and I, I see, and I saw this a lot in my corporate job, Running up against the same problem or coworker or whatever over and over and taking yeah. it personally, whatever it is, it is a personal attack against me or they are trying to make my life horrible or this process needs to be changed because it's not good enough. And, you know, <sighs> and sometimes that's the truth, but very rarely, right? <laughs> most of the time it's within me and how I'm approaching it. And mm-hmm. if I change that, everything changes. Yeah. Gosh, I just, I'm feeling a little yucky because that, I've, I, I, someday I'm going to need to probably go back to everyone I've ever managed and apologize. That's how I feel. If you're listening, can I do a, no, I'm not going to do a blanket apology. It just, um, and I'm still not great at it and I don't have direct 
managerial responsibilities, Mm -hmm. but as a project manager, I'm obviously working with people. Yeah. So it's still something I struggle with just keeping in mind that people are doing the best that they can. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, you just really kind of, uh, I feel like put a big spotlight on me. Um, it's hard to look at yourself. That's why we don't do it. That's right. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And here we are on a Monday morning at 8 a.m. I know. This is a wonderful idea. Yeah. (laughs) But no, truly. And for me, I think the reason that it's so hard is then uh, once again, it transfers the responsibility solely to me Mm -hmm. because then I have the choice. Okay. Now that I know it's me. Yes. I either change or I stay the same with the knowledge that it is me. And I feel yucky about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I remember distinctly having a conversation with uh, a woman that reported to me. She was a manager of a department and I was sitting in, in her office and she said, you know, I just feel like we don't know the real you. Mm. And I was like, of course you don't know the real me. You're my employee. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, (laughs) hello. Um, and I just said, okay. Yeah. And I just remember feeling like I, this felt like a leverage somehow. And just looking Mm. back on it, it feels gross. Um, cause I felt like sh- she was telling me what she needed and I was like, well, I'm not going to be doing that. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that needs thing. I mean, yeah. Ooh. And people needing things that you don't need. Right. And how foreign that is. And uh, yeah. that immediate reaction of like, well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, thanks for sharing <laughs> that. But no. Yeah. I appreciate you. But no. Yeah. And you know, now all these years later, I go back and think how difficult that might have been for her. And I'm not, Mm. you know, I certainly don't want to put that on her. It might've just been easy, but what if it was difficult for her to ask for what she wanted? Like, I don't even know you. So how do you expect me to like tell you my improvement plan when it's really this and that? And I don't even know, like she didn't trust me. It's about trust. Yes. Yeah. Because she was seeing or feeling or whatever that like, wall like she just wanted to connect with some sort of deep down seed in every woman man woman child yeah she wanted to connect with that and it was just like I was first at first not doing it on purpose but then after that doing it on purpose yeah and I think number one there's the attitude of putting myself in other people's shoes Mm. what um what that might have cost her to ask for that yeah yeah and how it felt when I shut it down and then I think the next layer and this is what I'm really really first um, the first layer I'm just really bad at the second I'm really really bad (laughs) is saying okay well why couldn't I do that Mm. Mm -hmm. and part of it is at that point I didn't know who I was and I'm still trying to figure that out which we talk about like what's my favorite color what's my music you know I don't know if I'll ever know yeah right and it's going to change (laughs) yeah but I certainly wasn't going to admit that to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's vulnerability. Yeah. I mean, admitting yeah. that as someone who is supposed to be someone that they look to yes. for leadership, you know, yes. we have this idea. And I was thinking about this when we were talking about the topic. I am in this program. It's like a leadership institute. It's like a series of workshops 
with different people in the community that are all around my age range or in the same stage of life mm, mm-hmm. and how they can add to the community in Greensboro and how to be mm. a better leader. And you go through all the personality tests and the needs and wants and how you express those and just really laying bare you as a human and in how you respond yes <laughs> in front of lots of other people who are very different from you yeah and it is it's so enlightening and the main thing that I'm taking away from it is oh I guess two things one just because you're a leader doesn't mean you need to be this invulnerable yep. pedestal person that we you know saw in the 50s like it it's yep. so the opposite and it vulnerability does not mean weakness either, which is something I just have to work on in my personal life. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I have to work on rewiring that in my brain. So that's my own personal issue. But to, if I can remember that, if I can remember that vulnerability is not a weakness, just broadly as a definition, it helps me a lot. Um, and the other thing is you don't have to be the same as everyone else to be able to to lead them well, mm. and and nor should you be. It actually makes more sense for you to be different. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you have to have is an understanding, like we were talking about, that someone else's needs are going to be different than yours mm-hmm. and how to respond to those, even if it's just, I don't know what your needs are. Please tell me. Right, right. Can't be a mind reader. <laughs> and yeah. they can't read your mind. <laughs> right, right. And hearing that and maybe just being honest about I'm not sure how to do that but I hear you I'm gonna think about that yep um pausing you don't have to have an answer right then yes yeah yeah and being willing to come back to them you know you're talking about the the strong female and I think that like I've got the picture of the the 80s corporate woman in Mm. shoulder pads and a suit and um her walking shoes that she would change into her high heels at the office and and Dolly Parton yep Yeah. And, you know, for a long time, I think we as women have tried to um, copy men's style in order to be successful Mm -hmm. and muffle that vulnerability in order to fit in and succeed in corporate America. And I think that truly is changing. Yeah. Um, Not quickly, not in every industry. No. Yeah. (laughs) But the more people that are willing to have conversations about it, the more likely it is to continue to change, which is why, again, the purpose of this whole endeavor of this podcast and and what we're trying to do. Yeah. Affect change, not through telling people here's right and here's wrong. And if you're wrong, get on the bus to the right way of thinking. It's truly just to spark, hopefully, a conversation, even just within your own head, like Mm. how should I look at the situation different or just give you that pause to either be vulnerable or look for the deeper part of life? Like at the end of the last one, I talked about like, just take a moment to stare at a flower today, you know, just take a pause. And because we, and I'm speaking for you too, you can tell me if this is wrong, but I don't know anything, <laughs> you know? Well, I have, I have teenagers, so they I feel dumber by the day, but eventually I hear I get smarter. Once they get in their mid-20s, I'm going to turn the corner and be smart again. You're going to be their best friend, yes. Oh, it's, I just want to be smart again. <laughs> but it, I mean, I really, I have nothing to offer other than my lived experience, mm. and that's it. Anything else is just kind of fun waxing poetic about stuff you know like unless I've experienced it and I 
went from one scenario to another and found some benefit or some negative uh, problem in that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help me to, to really speak on it if I've never had that opportunity to fail or to succeed. And I, I love that you're, that, and this might be kind of inflammatory. I don't know, but (laughs) this idea of equality in the workplace, uh, that, you know, women have kind of sought after, or this idea that's been the narrative that's been pushed to us about equality is to, okay, be like a man which I think is so far removed from what equality is. Right. You're a woman. Be a woman. Mm -hmm. Use your innate talents as a woman Mm -hmm. to succeed at the same level as a man. You don't need to to mimic a man to do that. Right. Stand in your womanhood and embrace that power and the things about you that make you woman, whether that's you are emotional or whether that's you're not emotional. Because women are a spectrum. <laughs> Shocker. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's it truly is that false narrative of to be equal with men, we must mimic them. Right. But it's such the opposite. To be equal with <coughs> go ahead. <clears throat> to be equal with men, we must embrace ourselves and quit right. thinking that we need to be like men. Right. To succeed. Yeah. And the the older I've gotten, I've I've realized that I my thoughts on equality have very much changed Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what I was trying to do. Yeah. I was told so often as a a kid and a teenager and probably in my Mm twenties, um, that I was over emotional. Like Mm -hmm. that was a bad thing. Yeah. And so in order to, you know, rule corporate America, uh, I needed to act like that's what I thought. And, Mm -hmm. you know, stony and strong and, you know, I'm six feet tall, so I have like the physical yeah, imposing the presence. presence. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and I remember when I was interviewing for a job and they took me into like this space where a lot of our um, patients were and they showed me around and whatever. And um, and later on, some of the patients said, you know, you when you came in, we were all like, oh, they're in for it now. She looks like a Scandinavian prison matron. <laughs> and I just laughed. But part of me thought, good. Uh, I, hope, I hope I'm intimidating. Yeah. Come in hard and soften a blader. And mm. oh, my gosh. It just... And, you know, I just you know, I have to ask, well, how's that working for me? Yeah. Well, you know what? It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work at all. It didn't... I mean, I smothered... Not literally, but, you know, I smothered yeah. people. I, um, oh, it just breaks my heart. And that's why I just think now uh, there are some people I need to. I'm right there with to. you. I mean, talk about blanket apology. I will make that blanket apology. If, <laughs> if you've ever worked near me, around me. We've got a lot of people to tag in this episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because it, it truly was, I had that same thought process. You know, I need to rule with an iron fist type mm-hmm. of Margaret Thatcher vibes. It was just overbearing. Overbearing is like the nicest way I can put it. Um. (laughs) So let me float this idea. So uh, if we are perfect, all our people will be perfect. Mm. That is Mm -hmm. what will give us worth. Yes. Is that, does that ring true of how you felt at the time? I mean, I don't, I don't think that anymore. I don't think you think that anymore. No. And, and what do you think was underneath that? Mm. I mean, gosh, 
I don't know. I mean, a lot of it for me was better than. I wanted to feel better than. I wanted mm-hmm. to feel higher than. I wanted to say, look at me in my zero error report. I wanted to say, look at me in my new procedure manual. Yeah. That Without I wrote. Typos. Yeah. That I wrote for you and I don't even work in your department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's. <laughs> yeah. Overachieving uh, has just been the story of my life. Anything I do, I'm going to do it to a thousand. Yep. Cause why not? Uh, anything I do, I want to be the best at it immediately. <laughs> Cause that makes sense. And it truly was just accolades. And that's how it yes. was in school too. I got attention for making good grades. And then that became, and that's kind of the pitfall with the job too. It, it became normal and like not a big deal for me to do well. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped getting the attention for it. Yep. And then all hell broke loose. Yes. <laughs> and the control. And that, <laughs> yep. It's resentments, control. Yeah. Fear of losing those gold stars. Yep. The rejection. Yeah. When um, really nothing's changed. <laughs> right. And quite honestly, for me, um, they're paying me like every two mm-hmm. weeks I get gold stars in the form of yes. green dollars yeah and not getting fired yeah <laughs> right, exactly it's <laughs> called work for a reason yep and yes I do think we need to have healthy interpersonal relationships but my boss is not there to heal my mother's stuff no that no. is not her job yeah and that's kind of that fine line of because you don't yeah. need to be spread like bringing your home drama into your work like that is not the place that is like okay you need to like go take a break and deal with that or like let's go get coffee and talk about that or something off the clock right because there there is a level of okay here is the things that not that are okay but here's like the level of what is healthy like just for interpersonal yeah. relationships are and you gonna isn't. talk to me about boundaries again yeah okay i did not <laughs> sign on for that <laughs> that is an episode in a long long future from now it's so hard in the workplace especially i mean it really again like treating someone as another human who is just living in the world being susceptible to pain and hurt yeah <laughs> versus I'm gonna dump all my boyfriend drama on you mm. at nine in the morning right like there <laughs> you know there's some gray area in there yeah and it's it really is difficult and I dealt with that a couple of times in in different jobs and it was hard for me because I didn't understand boundaries at that point in time at all and you know, drama in the workplace, that might be a whole nother topic too. <laughs> Am I the drama? It, <laughs> it, I remember, and this is kind of, I guess, where I'm seeing it boiled down at. I worked at one job where uh, the, my coworker, technically, I did not work with her we worked opposite shifts. So Mm. I would work three days, she would work four, and then I would work four, she would work three, switching off in weeks. Mm. So technically, I never worked with her, but we shared the same workspace. Mm. We shared the same organizational system. We shared the same computer. We shared the same cleaning duties. Literal boundaries there as well. Oh my goodness. And I remember we had meetings with like regional managers because she didn't do the trash bags like I did the trash bags. 
Girl, I'm not joking. Oh. I am not joking. Are I you remember a little embarrassed for her back then, Janae. I I was embarrassed for me. Yeah, I'm the one. It was me. Well, that's what I mean. You wouldn't do that yeah, today. Yeah, no, so. I would not. I would not do that today. I mean, I would probably want to, but I would realize how frivolous, right? And how not big of a deal it was. But it and it's felt, not about the trash bag, right? Oh, it's not. What are we actually talking about? We didn't work together. Right. We didn't know each other. We're passing in the night. Not. I like. I literally yeah. never saw her. Yeah. She never saw me, and we had to. You know, we had different organizational systems, and she would just move stuff. When when I came in, the whole front office would be completely rearranged. Yeah. But then I would rearrange it back to how it was supposed to be. That's right. That's in air right. quotes. And it was just this back and forth of we never talked to each other. We never got to know each other. We just yep. corresponded in emails, which is terrible. Yes. Please don't like read into emails. If I have one nugget in all of this, the biggest <laughs> right, thing the I learned. Yeah. yeah. Don't get offended by emails. Please don't get offended by emails. It's like call hard. that person. It's so hard. It's cold black type on a white background. Like you no can't. matter how emojis you, many emojis you put in, no, no matter how many exclamation, exclamation points yes. and emoticons. I, I don't know if anyone's old enough on the yes. listening to know emoticons. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Not connecting with that other person. And, you know, again, back to the idea of conscious contact, connecting yes. with that spot in every person. Yeah. And I think the more, yes, I embrace remote work um, as an introvert. The idea of us having an in-person meeting where we're all flying out to California makes my blood run cold. <laughs> and I know you're right. Yeah. And I know it would be better. I know it would reduce friction in work tasks and yeah. And as, as an anecdote, just broadly, I, in this leadership leadership group that I'm in, there was this one girl and she's just the opposite of me personality wise, the way that she expresses herself, all of that extreme extrovert, very positive mm. and high inflection in words, just Everything that I don't connect with, just because that's simply not who I am. Mm -hmm. And if someone is different than you, you automatically other yourself <laughs> that's right. and start judging in your head. We all do it. And that's how I was. And I realized, like, why, why am I like this? Why am I dreading interacting with this person? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is not okay. She's not done anything to me. Like, people's personalities are not a personal attack. Right at me and my soul. They're just not. And I don't know why I take it that in that direction. So I said, Hey, can we go get coffee? Uh huh. And I thought this is either going to be great or it's just going to confirm my <laughs> worst thoughts about this person. I don't know, which is so stupid and completely untrue. So we had coffee and I'm not kidding. Like I'm going to get chills. We had a very similar childhood mm. and she just developed coping mechanisms opposite of me mm -hmm. but she has the same fears hopes interesting insecurities as I do yeah. and it was so amazing uh -huh. this and uh -huh. I, it's been months it's been like nine months I've been in this program and every time I'm like oh gosh here we go again with yeah. this happy person like why do I hate her because she's happy what is going right. on here and to realize that 
that is just her coping. Whereas mine is be quiet and mm-hmm. cover up and be invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Hers is the opposite. Be loving and open and positive and caring. Interesting. And, uh, and do you think that like when you were growing up, little Janae had the option to choose A or B and you chose door number A. And so you're like, well, clearly door number B is the wrong choice. Yes. So I do not want to see mm-hmm. that in the world. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, it goes, it's super deep. We don't have time to recount my <laughs> history, but I mean, it really, it really truly is me being angry at happy people because I wasn't happy for such a long Mm. period of my life, not understanding how they got there. So inherently like also being jealous at the same time, yeah, uh, wanting them to change, but just because I want what they have and yeah, being like, what are, what is it in Harry Potter? Uh, the soul suckers, the dementors. Yes. I Mm. am a dementor of happiness. Uh, and I still catch myself doing that, even though I do live a very happy life now. If I have an off day or it's raining or mm-hmm. whatever, I can feel myself want to slip into that. Oh, yeah. And just steal all the happiness from the world and bury it in the dark. Oh, yeah. Because if I'm having a bad day, I'm taking y'all down with me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I should probably apologize to my husband. <laughs> Shit. Forever. I mean, I feel the same way. There's always something I can apologize to Luke about. I mean, honestly. Yeah. But it is, it's just a knee-jerk reaction that's left over from a coping mechanism I don't need anymore. Yeah. Well, that is one of the questions that I wanted for us to talk about is, so you feel yourself, and I'm just going to call it spinning out. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm, sound mm-hmm. like you're in a tizzy, but you're in a spot where Mentally, yeah. you are noticing something feels yucky. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you address that to get yourself back on even keel? It sounds like you just just grabbed the bull by the horns and had oh, did it yeah. head on directly. I have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I've tried like the easier, softer way <laughs> of just like, oh, let it play out and yeah, take a deep breath or you know. And sometimes yeah. I do that if it's like a small, insignificant thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is pausing. I mean, truly pausing and connecting back with whatever your higher power is or just the silence of the universe, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you, you feel comfortable. back to that seed inside of your gut. Yes. What it's telling you. Yes. And the best parts of yourself are there and your, mm. your best, your best nature, your best reactions are going to come from that place. Well, for me, they're going to come from that place they didn't used to. Um, yeah. And I mean, sometimes it is just like, God help me. God save me from being angry. Mm. I I pray that a lot. You know, I'm not, I'm not big on rigid prayers. Sometimes I need them because I just don't have the vocabulary or the energy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is like, your will not mine be done. Get out of my own way. Because if I'm, most of the time when I feel that way, when I'm in a tizzy, it's because I'm either not getting something that I want. Or I feel like I'm going to lose something that I have. Preach. And neither one of those are really ever true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's my expectations not being met, you know. I need to lower my expectations. That's right. Like the who's to say life. that should have been yours, whatever exactly. that is. Exactly. Who's to say mm-hmm. that something better isn't waiting once I let go of that? Right. And part of that is who's to say you're going through life, gloom and doom is right. Who's exactly. to say that? Yes. My opinion is right. You know, yeah. that gray area, like I, 
I, if I can just accept that, and this is not to say that I grovel on my knees and, you know, scrape by, but who's to say I'm ever right. Mm -hmm. If I walk around with the idea in my head of being teachable and being open and seeing the world through other people's eyes through that lens. Yeah. I, it's so much easier. (laughs) Yeah. I almost see the, the two sides of the coin being that righteous indignation Mm -hmm. being swapped out with a beginner's mind. Yes. And Buddhism talks about that a lot. Yeah. Um, a super practical example is um, I'm learning to knit socks. Oh. <laughs> you should see some of the janky, uh, just janky. We might have to put a picture in the show notes, but Ooh. Um, they're terrible and I love them. <laughs> That's the stuff of life right there. Yeah. yeah. But why on earth would I think... When I truly probably can't even knit squares and rectangles, <laughs> well, a rectangle is a square, but um, why would I think I can do a sock perfectly? Because <laughs> you're Susan. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, see previous 30 minutes of the episode yeah. on, on childhood stuff. But the beginner's mind of asking questions, being inspired, mm-hmm. doing it for the sake of doing it, because you know yes. what? This janky multicolored sock didn't exist before I finished it yesterday. Yeah. It may never, like, I don't even want to, like, pack it in a backpack and give it to a homeless person. It's so janky. <laughs> but it brings me an inordinate amount of joy yes. because it just cracks me up. Yeah. Because it's so janky. We're yes. Gonna, I need a thesaurus. No, um, I. that word is the best possible word for that. Yeah. But if I... Am in my tizzy. I am thinking I am the worst person in the world. Um, and not only that, but the person who taught me this is a shitty teacher because yes. I clearly can't make a sock. Oh my gosh! And what in the world? Yeah. How could any of that be true? It popped in my head when you were saying that. You know, we steal our own joy so yeah. often. You know, comparison is the thief of joy, and yeah. it's such an idiom, and it sounds stupid, but it's so true. If I can just. I just apply that to every situation in life. Yep. And it really truly is because this is not like a, I'm not saying this from a place of, I have this all together and I practice this perfectly and I'm never in a tizzy. That's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I notice it is yes. the thing. I'm able to notice it and give myself a correction, you know, or talk to my inner child and be like, you are Okay. Mm. calm down Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not getting chased by a a psychopath with a machete like you're gonna be fine right right and just readjusting my worldview you know when stuff gets in the way when when humanity gets in the way of humanness I don't yeah. know if that's going to make any sense to anybody. That's a great soundbite. I think it makes total sense. I hope it was landing with people who are I listening. I hope so too because yeah. it's when my humanity gets in front of my humanness, it, it, that's when I act out of my worst self, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. judging my worst self. I needed her at one point to survive in my life. That's right. Like, I'm glad you I, pointed I, that out. I get out. you, girl. Yes. <laughs> I hear you. Yes. I see you. You are valid. However, that is not the reality you're living in. Right. You don't need that anymore. And I am here to protect you. You don't yes. need to protect the adults anymore. Yes. Yeah. And mm. it's, it is just, I know, I know I'm getting, 
tearing up over here too. It's just that effort of noticing. You're never going to be perfect. So get over it. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, um, (laughs) so one of the things that you and I talked about last week off mic is I tend to want to make things practical. Okay, well, I need three steps to do this. Um, (laughs) I do love a good. What I hear you're saying is like that pause. Yeah. And noticing though, you know, what what is coming up and why it might be coming up and then addressing it. And and I I love the idea of the pause too. And sometimes I find um like I can't not do something it's sort of like mm-hmm. habit change you can't just stop smoking yeah. you have to do something else instead yes. you can't you have to fill like when you dig a hole the sand is just gonna fill it unless yeah. you put something in there so one thing that helped me because I'm like well how do I remember to not do something <laughs> so when I feel that tizzy coming on or I'm like ah oh, balls, I'm in a tizzy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is when I say first thought wrong yeah. That's not an original, um, you know, I heard that from a very wise woman, but that gives me something to say instead of thinking like I have to put something there, you yes. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I have like this, this, I don't know, I don't even know if I want to call it a mantra, but, um, a phrase that I can put in the space of that tizzy and I almost could picture it as like a stick yeah. in the wheel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, <laughs> you know, it arrests the tizzy first thought wrong. Yeah. And then I can remember to pause. Um, I also try to breathe because a lot of times like my anger, my fear, whatever the words are gets mm. almost feel like they're literally stuck in my throat And one thing that Brene Brown talks about on her podcast, she does this rapid fire question at the end. And she said, uh, when I am faced with needing to be vulnerable, the first thing I do is, and I just try to get air past that stuck spot. (laughs) (laughs) But if I can just think to myself, first thought wrong, I still don't know what to say, but Mm, that gives me a cue to pull air in. Yeah. And sometimes I just need some damn oxygen to my brain to think the next thing. Yeah. And to lower my heart rate. So I, I'm not in a physical fight or flight, you know, the, the serial killer with the machete. Yes. My heart's not, you know, cause there are physical manifestations of this stuff. That's right. And it can kill you. So like, don't, don't let it, (laughs) you know, it's out to get you. It's not there to help you. And I try to remember that too. Like, again, cause it's a coping mechanism that I don't need anymore. And sometimes it feels comfortable to stress out about it. You know, as weird as that sounds, sometimes that's easier than focusing on what the real problem is, but Mm -hmm. it is, it's okay. And I'm thinking about the the workplace situation, like what I wish I could have been like, Mm. you know, being able to say, I need a second to process that. Yes. You know, like, let, let me think on that. I don't have an answer for you right now, but I'm going to figure it out or I'm going to try to figure it out. Might be the better way to put it. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know is okay to say. (laughs) I need to iron that on a (laughs) t-shirt. I don't know. Yeah. Is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I don't know part, the part that it's okay. Yes. Yes. It is okay. And, you don't have to have, even if you're 
leaders don't have all the answers. That is a fallacy. That is not what a leader is. A leader mm-hmm. inspires people to go look for those answers. Yeah. Inspires and leads people. you through that, that thought process. Yes. And how to get to the other side of it. Yeah. You're yeah. not there to take on everybody's responsibilities. That's not what a leader is. That's not what a manager is. Right. And that's what we've been taught is a manager is there to take over when someone fails at their job. That's not true. You're there Mm. to foster their growth so that they can be better at their job. So you don't have to do their job. That's the point. Seems very antithetical, but yeah, (laughs) but it's the truth. Yeah. And as an individual contributor, if you're not a manager, if you don't feel like you are a leader, Mm. I think that also can play out in the entrepreneurial space if you're not in corporate America is noticing when you're in a meeting or in an interaction one-on-one with people and you're feeling that spinning out stop yourself first of all (laughs) (laughs) I would pay someone five bucks if you sent me a video (laughs) if you stopped (laughs) rolling in a conference room (laughs) full of people it'd be so funny Um, but now I'm going to mentally stop, drop and roll and I'm going to have to explain why I'm laughing. Yes. Um, but I guess to kind of just recap as we're wrapping up, you know, noticing when you're in a tizzy, whatever the Mm -hmm. situation is at work. So you're not burning things down because you could pile apologies upon apologies. Mm -hmm. Um, and just approaching with a beginner mind, it's going to feel really weird to say, I don't know. Yeah. But you can always come back and say, um, remember when we talked about that? I thought more. And, yes. Yes. And, you know, use, use that. And sometimes what I'll do is literally write down what I want to say to that person and, you know, a script. And, and even if I'm not on, maybe I'm face to face with someone. I mean, I'm literally sitting here in front of you, Janae, with my yep. notes on what I want yes. to say. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. So, you know, and you can say to the person, I jotted some ideas down because I really wanted to get this right. Yeah. And I want to make sure my words are landing because I really fumbled it last time. Yes. Or because I really didn't know or because I just am trying to improve communication. Yeah. Like I did not express myself in the way that I want to. Right. Yeah. Yep. Or I left the interaction last time and it felt gross. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you don't have to use vulnerability. You don't have to use the word. No. But you can say things like that. Do the action. That's right. Be that. And I think we've talked about this before. Also keeping in mind that, you know, yes, this is your job and everybody's role in this life is important. Mm. However, unless you are like a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist... (laughs) nothing is that big of a deal. Mm, Like mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world. This thing that you've got going on at work, whatever it is, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Because again, it's not that big of a deal. It is not the, it's not something that you're no, you're going to change someone's life with most of the time. Mm -hmm. But you could change your own if you do something different. You can be that force of positivity. You can bring that vulnerability in and teach others how to do that for themselves. It's the micro interactions. That's right. It's not the big picture of what you're trying to get done. It's all, again, the nuance. It's all the tiny pieces inside of it. Yeah. It's it's the connecting with that human on that level, mm-hmm. not the problem you're trying to work on because the, the problem is going to get taken care of through being able to interact with each other in a productive, efficient way. 
Yeah. You can't do that unless you're truly connecting with them. Well, I'm going to use that as a segue to ask people to come connect with us. Yes, please. Tell us how you, what actions do you take when you feel that lump in your throat? You feel the need to be vulnerable. Um, tell me another word for janky. Just give us, <laughs> give us your, your uh, feedback and thoughts on what we've talked about and how this lands for you in whatever your workplace is. Yes. Even if you don't earn a paycheck, if you're a stay-at-home mom, your workplace yes. is the world, is your children, wherever you are. Yeah, homemakers represent. I'm right there with Seriously, you. Seriously, because I know you interact with that all day long. Yeah. I mean, who who besides moms needs to think first thought wrong? Am I the oh only one out there gosh. that wants to just let it fly at their kids sometimes? Please tell me I'm not. No. Come to the comments and tell us I'm not. Yes. <laughs> express your humanness you know Mm. and if you felt heard or seen in this episode please let us know it'd be lovely to know that we are actually (laughs) we're, we're we're not alone and we're connecting with everybody that's listening fantastic thank you janae thank you see you in the next one